to Resistance Chicks. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. Today's Sunday, March 19th, which means we're going to go all around the world around for the, world. the top world news stories. Speaking of which, who knew that the Dutch Farmers Party would win big in the Netherlands? Yeah, so it's not necessarily the, it's not like, it's not called Dutch Farmers Party. but it I'm is calling the, it the Dutch Farmers Party. It is the party that favored um, the Dutch farmers and is against the World Economic Forum and the giant takeovers. And I am so excited that there was a election this week and they won. It's the BBB. And we're going to get into the details of that. Like, what does it mean that they won? Okay, because yeah, their elections okay. aren't the same as ours. We don't have to get it right now. You want to do it right now? No, go ahead. No, I was going to give them an overview give of what we're overview. going to talk about. Yeah. So there's also, we've been covering this next story for a while. There's protests that are continuing to happen in France yeah. because Macron has decided you need to retire later. It's like a taskmaster with a whip, like keep working. Now, listen, I don't believe in socialism anyway from a government standpoint of the government giving you mon money you pay mm -hmm. into. I don't believe in Social Security. It's not biblical. It is, it's not constitutional here in the United States. Right. But in France, that's what they've got. Imagine here in the United States, and they actually have done this. They've raised the retirement they age. They have here in the United States. In the they United States. They actually have raised... The retirement age is going up all around the world because of life expectancy. And we're going to get into some of these numbers. But right now, I think France has one of the lowest retirement ages in the world. I thought it was um, the same as ours. It's 62. Ours isn't 62 anymore. Well, it is, though. You can retire at 62 and you we get can't. a... We so they, can't. You can, but you get a but get less money. But you and money. I won't be able to. Oh, exactly. But, but right That's now... That's what I'm saying. So they're raising the retirement age, but the retirement age won't raise till 2030. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So... Um, yeah, I, and so I just, for our world broadcast or our viewers that are watching from around the world, if you were to, you can retire in the United States at 62, you get less money monthly if well, you do that. Or well, most people, the retirement age is 65. But they've raised the it in the United States. You so can still retire at 62. They've raised it, but it. you have to look it up and see when it, it, when it goes into effect. Okay. Okay. I get what you're saying. But okay. right now. Right. I get you. I'm following. Okay. Yeah, so I'm they following the leader. Yeah, so I won't be able to retire at 62, is what I'm saying. And would you retire anyway? I don't believe there's a. I, 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 I don't Social think there's going to be any money in the. Not... It's already insolvent. Yeah. Right? So, but back to France, because this is the United States. Yeah. Back to France. These people are so angry. And we did, when we first broke this story, we had to kind of do some research. Okay, how much are they getting in their retirement? And it's, it's kind of, you know, it's not terrible what they're getting. We were, for a while there, we were like, man, it's super uber low. And it, it, yeah. it really is actually, no one can live on what they're paying them. But I thought it was like 900 bucks. I think, do you no. remember what it was? I think it was like $1,600. I think it's pretty much the same. I think it's as the here same in the as here in the United States. Um, yeah. So, but the, this, it's more than, they're not, they're not protesting necessarily. They are protesting because the, the age is being raised from 62 to 64. They're protesting because um, Macron did this unilaterally. And mm -hmm. so you've got Le Pen's party and another party are looking to have a vote of no confidence and to oust him and kind of basically get on the trails of this and see if they can get rid of, of Macron. Across the board in Western civilization, you're supposed to have votes whether it's your parliament or your Congress, to, to make these kinds of changes. Yeah. So what you're saying is Macron didn't go the conventional route. 
No, he's is that's the whole point. There's no that, that's that's the whole point. Is he is um, protests have spread all across France and and R R Macron regrets nothing. He's a banker. He's put in there to protect money and protect the the backs of everybody in you know the financial industry. And, and can we just for our viewers that may be new remind them maybe you don't know Macron was 15. He had a teacher who was how old Leah? 39. Married with children who yeah. were his age and she had a relationship with him at 15. Mm -hmm. Leaves her family. The woman that is that is married to him right now is this same woman who is a pedophile. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and, and we, we've asked French people, oh, it's just the French. It's just sort of, uh, no, this is not normal. This is not okay. You do not leave a husband and children for a 15 year old. Yeah. Just saying. No, no you do not. No. And if you are the boy of this said relationship, you're going to grow up just not right. You are going to grow up, not just How right. How does this guy get um, In other news, um, there is an international order out for Putin's arrest. I saw that. Yeah. We should have just run with that as our story headline. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that that's, that's, that's where we want to go. And now, but, but are we going to get into the details of that? Yeah. Okay. Because there's, there's a lot to that. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. And then um, also this week, there is a Swiss bank, Credit Swiss. <laughs> And there, they went under this week as well. But there was the, <laughs> the, but the Swiss government actually forced its rival USB in Switzerland to to buy out this bank. But the deal hasn't been um, done yet because uh, the USB wants billions of dollars in guarantees from the Swiss government. Because the Credit Suisse, even though it is a is one of the largest banks in in the world, has had some horrible dis financial decisions, and they've they've had some scandals, and this USB bank isn't sure that this is such a great deal for them. But when the government tells you what to do, you do uh, it. You have to do. You, I guess you just have to do it. Yikes. Yeah. All right, but, you know, I think that it's been a while since we started with a little bit of good news. So let's start with the Dutch farmers. This week, Dutch farmers stormed a victory in regional elections set to become the largest party in the Senate. Uh, some people are saying it's the second largest party. We'll take either one. The success of the Farmer Citizen Movement, the BBB, like okay, like uh, will further undermine the Dutch government's plan to impose radical agricultural reforms, campaigners say, um, will destroy rural communities. Lawmaker Caroline uh, Vanderplas, leader of the populist BBB farmer citizen movement, reacts after her casting uh, casting a vote for in provincial elections in Oakenburg, East, Eastern Netherlands, Wednesday, March 15th. Voters dealt a hammer, that's a picture here, a hammer blow to the Dutch establishment in Wednesday's regional elections, propelling the farmer citizen movement to become the largest party in the Senate in just its first election. Exit polls projected the movement to win uh, will win 15 seats in the Dutch upper chamber as voters sent a clear message to Mark Root's government over its planned nitrogen emissions laws. Campaigners say will devastate the country's agricultural sector. The Dutch has clearly shown that they are fed up with the policy, said uh, Caroline. The turnout has started. The voters have spoken and have denounced support for this government. She did very well, said Prime Minister Mark Root, whose People's Party for Freedom uh, fell from 12 seats to 10. 
So there's the government coalition parties didn't fare much better. The Liberal Party, the Democrats project uh, were projected to drop a seat. Now let me get to some of these numbers because I actually have um, some more. Let me see. Thanks to Ava, she's doing our translations because obviously when you're doing oh, you mean the the beautiful blonde? Yeah, she's so cute. Yeah, shoot, my my links here are actually closing as I'm trying to open them, so I don't know what's going on. Let's see. I thought you were going to use my laptop to make this easier. I am just going to go. We're we're going today. No, it's good today. We're fine. Everything's going today. Today's a good day for the little laptop. Yeah. All right, so I think you might have this one up. Update on the Dutch elections. The final votes have been counted. The BBB, the Farmer Citizen Movement, gained a staggering 17 seats, and the ruling parties have suffered severe losses and won't reach a majority, not even with the help of the Green Party and Labor. Wow. So this is uh, really good news for actually the world because all the whole world was watching, and it's amazing to think that... Um, this this little country here is going to have a, such a big sway on um, on the, the world and the world economic forum and and where where they want to take us because what they want to take where, where the where the world economic forum wants to take us is eating bugs and the one one of the ways they want to do that was to shut down the wonderful Dutch farmers that are I think they like number two in the world for for providing food. Uh, Robert Malone said, bit by bit, we can make a difference. I'm so proud of the work that Dutch farmers who, are, who aren't giving up, and my friend Ava, uh, they are showing the world it can be done. I love that Robert Malone is weighing in on the Dutch elections. Everyone though, is. Everyone is watching this. Jordan Peterson had just done a podcast with Ava last week after you know the giant protest that we covered last week, and Jordan Peterson tweeted out, this is very good news indeed. Um, so let's just, she says, oh, of course we have to stay sharp. The coalition hasn't been formed yet. We don't know exactly what will happen next, but the sign that the people are done with root and CAG and their world economic forum politics is significant. So that's what's significant. The people are done with this government, with the, with the globalists, um, the podcast that Jordan Peterson did with Michael Yan and Ava, um, was canaries in the globalist coal mine and this is the the the, the, where the dutch farms were going to go that was i think one of their biggest land grabs yeah absolutely and as a matter of fact and i need to get on the horn because on the horn um we are supposed to have michael yawn on our show Mm -hmm. with um pf chambers Mm -hmm. and i just haven't scheduled that but um we will make that happen i promise yeah is that all you were going to say? That's it. Well, no, on the actual, no, if we're, if we're, my thoughts on this election win are that the people, they've been showing up and they've been protesting. They've been driving their tractors to Brussels and, you know, just doing what they need to do. But to have it be solidified, I believe it is going to make these lawmakers in the EU as well as in the Netherlands shake Mm -hmm. in their boots because now they recognize that the people they have awakened a sleeping giant i mean they're they're, these are farmers it's a nation of farmers who they thought if they could pull this over on anybody it would be the farmers right you don't realize that farmers are a tough lot okay they get up at the crack of dawn they stay up late they go out and they they do all of the things that you don't want to do Mm -hmm. you are sissified not you guys that are watching i'm speaking to the people that aren't listening Okay, I'm watching my show. These people are weak. 
Yeah. And they expect little farmers by the name of it. Oh, like farmer in the dell, the farmer. No, these people are the toughest salt of the earth. Don't mess with the farmers. Don't mess with them. So this is amazing news. I don't even know how, when or how this is going to be realized into something that will yeah. s- put a stop right. to this land grab takeover. But um, I think that they may, the, the land grab takeover guru people may be looking for some kind of like middle ground at this point. Like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 let's just talk. Right. So the rise of the, of the BBB was over two years and, and was in response to the government's plan to appease the EU nitrogen emissions targets by imposing radical agriculture reform. So this is a little bit in the making, by the way. Yeah. Um, it, inter- it introduced plans last year to reduce livestock numbers by a third. That's huge. That's not when you're thinking about reducing livestock numbers. I don't think that first of all, the government has no say on how many animals that you want to raise. And the fact that they're counting how many cows, how many sheep that each farm has. This is this is ridiculous. This is insane. Farmers know how best to run their farms. And if there's somebody doing something illegally like they're harming animals, the right, Dutch they're hurting farm better than anyone in the world except for maybe parts of South Africa. Right. I am telling you mm-hmm. that these people know what they're doing. The government is, hi, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. No, you're not. You don't know what you're doing. Get off my farm and leave. Like, right? You don't get to tell me how to farm. I've been doing that. Yeah. You don't want, oh, let me tell them. Can I tell them? Go ahead. We watched a movie last night. I oh, was yeah. so impressed by this yeah, movie. This was, yeah, and it, I didn't really know about this story. It was called Percy versus Goliath with Christopher Walken. And it takes place in Canada, and it's about a farmer who took on Monsanto. Monsanto in it's starting in 1998 because they came after him. Monsanto, Monsatan, we call them, literally stole seeds from his farm and plant samples from his farm because that's what they do. Somehow they have some sort of god the godlike complex that they can go onto people's property and test their corn because I'm to Monsanto. To see if their if their um, copyrighted gene is in their corn. Let me tell you how your copyrighted gene. Got into my corn. The wind blew. Here's the a, wind blew. So so the whole point of Monsanto's corn, Roundup Ready corn, is that you can spray Roundup on it mm-hmm. and it not kill your plants but kill weeds. Yeah. He never, ever put Roundup on those crops. Well, he actually did. I think you might have missed that part. Oh, it was around the edges. It was around the edges. It wasn't on the whole thing. Like, you're supposed to spray the entire crops. Well, that's the point. Because 68% lived and some died. So exactly. the whole point of Roundup Ready crops, he never planted the Roundup Ready. He pla- he he did not use the Roundup on the crops. So my point in, in this kind of generational farming is what I was comparing it to. That's what reminded me. In the movie, the, this man, um, Percy, I can't remember the last name, is based on a real guy. He died in 2020. His daddy and his granddaddy, and I think his great-granddaddy, had taught him how to farm. And so what they did is he hadn't lost a crop at, at the time that this went down in 1998. In 50 years. In 50 years. And they asked him why. And he's like, because I go out and I save the seeds from the best plants according to the different conditions. And I save those seeds, and that's what I plant next year. He had been doing that, and his daddy had been doing it, and his granddaddy had been doing it. And so they had this line of seeds and I'm going to I'm going to spoil the movie. You should still watch it. But at the end of the movie, he wins at the Canadian Supreme Court. Yeah. But he only wins in so much that he doesn't have to pay Monsanto 1.5 million dollars or whatever it was going to be at the end. 
but he had to give them all of his seed, Destroy meaning generation after generation after generation of seed line lineage. I mean, it's kind of like to, to put it into perspective, let's just say all of a sudden you don't get to have kids and the lineage stops with you and you're, you don't have any cousins, you don't have any whatever. And it just literally the line stops with you. Yeah. That's what they did when they stole and destroyed. We don't even know if they destroyed the seed. Maybe they kept using it. You, because it was you good and seed. another kid are painting a picture and this kid's paint spills onto your picture. And then suddenly the other picture. kid went, owns your picture and your paint. And your paint. And everything. It's very you strange. You spilled the paint on my picture, man. As a matter of fact, I don't want your GMO gene in my mm -hmm. in my my seed that I've been saving for generations. So you owe me. Right. But that's not how it is. Now, Lee and I are pretty sure that the precedent that that kind of set has been overturned, I think. Um, well, and it also, what it did was it also uh, stopped GMO wheat. You're yes. Okay. Michelle gets excited on Sundays. <laughs> Um, GMO wheat from coming to the market. You can't blame that dog on me. Oh, no. She got really excited when you got excited. I saw her. Our cousin's dog loves, and I use that in quotation, when we do our shows, when she stays with us. She She's loves our show. She's going to be a good girl and stay she right there. She is going to be a really and good doggy. You know who's not being good? The French. The French. The French. Love the French. Loving the French. All right. So uh, France burns after Macron skips you probably. You want me to go get her a chew? You think she'll use um, it? She probably won't use it. No, I don't think she will. She's not in the chewing mood. Holly, come here. Come here, Holly. Come here. No, no, you called her. Come here, Holly. What is going on? Come here, Holly. Come here. Oh, come my show gosh. Him. Come show him. Come no, here. No, don't show him. Come here, Holly. Don't show him. Come on. They're not going to see you because the chick oh, cam's in the way. Hang on. Let me see if I can. She the way. You barely see her little nose. You're being a good girl. Okay, can you go lie down? That's her tail. That thudding sound you're hearing, if you're hearing it, that's the sound of her tail there flapping. There you are. I just want to be with you guys. All right. Holly, so lie down. France burns after Macron skips parliament vote to ram through hated Holly, pension come reform. Come here. Uh, the French protest. Let me see. I'm going to get to this article before I get to that and kind of let you guys yeah. know the different retirement bed. ages over, over around the world. Okay. So protests and strikes that have disrupted France for weeks have grown more intense after the government yesterday decided to force through a controversial reform raising the minimum standard age of retirement from 62 to 64. The change has been in the making for years and has been po postponed time and time again following fierce opposition among the population, for example, in the form of the country's longest ever transport strike in early 2000. Or 2020. Sorry, I missed a two there. Uh, President French... Uh, pre French President uh, Macron will invoke special constitutional powers to pass the law that the French Senate and Thursday signed off on, but that was expected to hit a roadblock in the lower house. French Prime Minister Elizabeth Bohm, who announced the plan, called the reform necessary to pre prevent a major deficit in the pension system. Like many aging societies in Europe, France is looking to support a growing share of retirees among its population, but unlike many of its neighbors, has not raised its retirement age so far. So here we have a list. Uh, in the Netherlands, you've got to be 66 years and 10 months. In the USA, it's 66 years and 4 months. In Spain, it's 66 years and 4 months. In the UK, it's 66 years. In Germany, it's 65 years and 10 months. In Belgium, it's 65. Canada, 65. Switzerland, 64 and 65. Sweden is low at 63, and then France is the lowest at 62. Is that on this? Do I have that? I don't have the right article, do I? Um, I, I think, no, you have to bring up. this one up. I am bringing them up. I, I just know. thought I was bringing up the right ones. Um, 
So the Netherlands, Spain, Germany, and the U.S. Uh, are inching up their joint retirement age to 67. Mm. The newest cohorts eligible for a standard pension as of January 2023 are now between 65 and 10 months and 66 years and 10 months. So if you're now, if you're if you're wanting to retire in any of these countries, you've got to be 65 and 10 months or, and 66 years and 10 Here months. Go. I'm gonna pull the new retirement age uh, of 67 for newly eligible cohorts will be reached between 2024 and 2030. And the UK, meanwhile, will start inching up to 67 between 2026 and 2028, while Belgium will raise their minimum retirement age to 66 in 2025 and 67 in 2030. In addition to an age requirement, countries also apply minimums for the length of a person's work life in order to retire uh, with a standard pension. So expectations are sometimes made for... Oh, so I'm going to... So, so, so France is, is one of the lowest right now, and all they're trying to do is bring it up to what the rest of the world is going towards. Lower than the rest of the world. The rest That's of the world is going to 67, and they that by the time the rest of the world is at 67, they want theirs to be at 64. Okay, so then it goes to the the, the French. Are they a little spoiled? Um, no, I feel that once you have austerity and people are looking for something and you begin to take that away, no one yeah. wants to take that away. And well, but, but what I'm saying is the rest of the world is doing the exact same thing. The rest of the world is doing the exact same thing because the the expected life expectancy is getting longer and longer. So they want you to work. They want you to work more and more. And this is what happens when the government is telling you. Here's the, here's the problem. Let me tell you the problem. Here it comes. You used to be able to retire at these at these younger ages, okay? Uh, you didn't live as long, but people retired and they worked to a certain age. It doesn't mean that people are actually healthier mm -hmm. in these older ages because when you go to the problem is when you go to a nursing home and you see people there, um, they keep the hospitals. And the Medicaid's and the Medicare's keep people alive in their 70s and 80s and 90s, but they're not really living anymore. And they're living off of a lot of times they're in nursing homes. They're living off of Medicaid, about three or four thousand dollars a month, uh, just in living expenses, and especially here in the United States in these nursing homes. And they are not actually living. See, up until 62, you're living. You're not in a nursing home. Okay, and so when they're saying that this that the that the the life expectancy is getting longer, well, yeah, some people are living um, a little bit more active lives, but life expectancy, in my opinion, as far as life, hasn't really gotten much longer. So there, people are just in nursing homes, and 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 so to, to have the government say you're going to have to work longer, even though you're your body, your body may continue going longer, but doesn't mean that you can work ahead. Like, what about, what about some of these jobs that are really manual and you don't have any other, and, and, and you're getting older. People used to retire because their bodies couldn't do some of these so, manual labor things anymore. I have a lot of thoughts on this. Okay. So here's, here's the rub of it all. You just mentioned, well, what if you're, let's say we just, um, 
ran into a lady at our checkout. She said her husband was a uh, drywall finisher. Maybe six and, and and he he finally retired, but he has COPD because of smoking and the the work of the drywall. And he can't do the drywall finishing anymore. What they would say is, well, you don't have to finish drywalling. You don't have to keep doing the, the drywall finishing. You can get another job because they are viewing you around the world as a member of something that's called the work force we own you as a human resource mm-hmm. and we don't care what job you do we will reallocate you to another job that you can do as long as you are in the work force yeah. that's what makes the way that our society runs so evil right. okay the other part that i want to address and i will do this carefully on facebook is that i don't think that they are raising these retirement ages so much because of it's, money. I don't think it's for money. I think it's because the people don't exist. And why don't they exist? You guys know the answer. It's because of the last three years. It's because of a whole host of things that have happened in the last three years where they just decided, you know, we don't need as many people on the earth. And then, oops, wow, what do we do when I don't know about you guys, but everywhere I drive around, there's help wanted signs. There is a sign down at the local rallies and we live in like middle class suburbia and the rallies restaurant says, um, now hiring, get paid same day. Like it, 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 it says it actually in much more childish speak. But essentially, you come and you work for the day and you get paid that day. Mm. Um, That was never, ever a thing. They are so desperate for workers that they're having to tell people you'll get paid for that day if you just work. Just Can you just work today? Mm. Okay? They're really desperate for workers. Why are they so desperate for workers? Have people just left to all go live these lives where they don't need money anymore? Mm -hmm. Or do the people just not exist Are we at an oops moment in their big colossal plan? I believe that that is a huge part of why they have raised the the age of retirement around the world because the people don't exist and they're going to need them as a part of their workforce. Yeah, so if you want to go ahead and bring up some of these uh, tweets I have up and and play them in the background while I kind of talk about the French protests. France, uh, France is... Bernie Sanders tells journalists they have yet to see uh, real violence amid these protests. So France has yet to see real violence amid the ongoing anti-Macron riots happening in the country. France answer to Bernie Sanders has told journalists. Uh, prominent French leftist Jean-Luc Mélenchon, a man frequently compared to America's Bernie Sanders, has laughed off journalist questions over ongoing riot taking place in his country, warning them that they have not seen any real violence yet. So it wasn't uh, Bernie Sanders. No, France's version of Bernie Sanders. Got it. And that just gave his name. Jean- no, I know. I know. I was, I was like, wait a minute. Hang on. This so Mélenchon's statement comes as France finds itself in the midst of a countrywide protest movement aimed at preventing a pension age increase planned by Macron. Such protests have now regularly devolved into violence across many French cities with demonstrators setting fire and attacking officers belonging to political parties. However, according to Mélenchon, the demonstrations could be considered peaceful, all things considered, with the senior leftist figure warning journalists that they have yet to see the movement delve into real violence. You haven't seen 68. Now, comp, now let's, let's get some volume. Do you have volume for this one? Because this one, I think one of them is... It's not that one with the chanting. Okay. We haven't gotten to that one yet. Okay. That one's only nine seconds. So, one of them with the chanting, they are saying, we did this... Um, I played that in the intro, actually, and I, I put that wording in there with the guillotines, and we'll do it again. Oh, you did? 
Yeah. I thought I took that one out. So no, that's the one you Facebook. sent me. That's the one I you gave sent you a me. couple others. I didn't mean to send well, that one. It's what you sent. Well, I had it turned down. Hopefully, Facebook doesn't mind you just reporting. Well, let's just on go it. ahead and play it, and then we can show them what we're talking about here. Uh, let's see if we can find it. Nope, I don't think it's up. Or oh, I can just pull. I can just play okay. it. Let me just play it from here. So I basically, they're they're saying we we um we we beheaded what Louis the something. Yeah, exactly. We could do it to Macron. Yeah, I don't know where it went. I took a copy of it. So. But since um we don't want to play it like too many times because yeah. Facebook actually does speak French. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we don't, Facebook does, and we don't want to be talking about guillotines too much. Well, we no, don't. and that's just the thing. They, it doesn't seem like, I can't imagine, um, <laughs> this is, this is just so funny to me. So these protests are going on in France, and they are obviously incredibly violent. Go ahead, there's some more you can play, I think, or did you play them all? Um, no, I don't think I played them all, no. Uh, they're, they're obviously incredibly violent. And they they want to obviously overthrow the government. But Going you know, back to the oh this leg like, this worked this worked the first time. Yeah, and so the question is, no, the question is, is this not an insurrection? And how come these guys are not all spending years in solitary confinement? Well, it's like their French version of the Bernie Sanders. We have not reached violence yet. No, but like p people here in the United States, they. The, the 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 way that the the reporting is the way that social media covered um january 6th then then this this is okay because they're leftists they're leftist protesters protesting for social justice of some sort right right and so you're allowed to protest in this manner which is according to facebook i i would say no violence i would say no fires all right opposition parties in france's national assembly including Marine Le Pen and the centrist Lyot group, filed motions of no confidence in uh, Macron's government on Friday um, after this. The fate of the government of Marine Mar Emmanuel Macron, who once proclaimed that he would govern France like Jupiter, the Roman king of the gods, was thrown into question on <laughs> he Friday. He does think he's a god, by the way. As a growing coalition from among across the political spectrum lined up to table measures of censure, no confidence in his government in response to uh, Prime Minister Elizabeth Bourne invoking Article 49.3 of the Constitution to ram through legislation to raise the retirement age. If a measure of censure is adopted, Macron's minority government in the National Assembly will collapse and Prime Minister Elizabeth Bourne would be forced to resign, throwing into question Macron's political future just one year after his second term. Currently, Marine Le Pen's populist right-wing national rally group and the Lyot group of centrist MPs in the French Parliament have tabled no confidence measures. In a statement, the national rally said, "While the French For our podcasters, they're shooting firecrackers at the police officers. While the French are massively demonstrating their opposition to this reform, the national representation has not at any time been able to vote on this text, which is, despite the legality of the process, a serious attack on democratic principles. Uh, the motion from Lyot, a small group of just 20 members in the NA, comprised of center-left, center-right, and Corrigian Nationalist Parties, was co-signed by the NUPE coalition, led by the far-left socialist Jean-Luc Mélenchon, who is often compared to the Bernie Sanders of America. The um, vote uh, on this motion will allow us to get 
out on top of deep of a deep political crisis. Melishan, who is no longer a sitting member of the assembly, said that we have decided to give censorship the greatest possible chances to withdraw our own motion in favor of the Lyot's motion. Um, for a no-confidence motion to succeed in the National Assembly, it must receive 287 votes in favor. Combined, the Lyot Group, National Rally, and Noops have 259. So, crucially, the establishment right, less Republicans, uh, which was key to preventing the minority Macron government from gaining a majority for his pension reforms, have yet to formally back either motion. Uh, the president of this, the traditional uh, center right, Eric Cotty, said that he, his group would not support any motion of censor, however, claiming that the crisis situation in the country uh, would not tolerate a fatal blow to our democracy. Yet it is unclear if all the unclear if all the members of the 61 member party would vote in lockstep. So there is a chance there that Macron could be ousted. It's a slim chance. That would be amazing. Let me read some comments <clears throat> before we move on because you guys have had some good ones. Um, let's see. Philip in Sweden says, uh, if you retire early, you lose a lot of money. Politicians want to work us to death. Um, James says, Michelle, part of it is because a lot of baby boomers are starting to leave the workforce. Back to the, uh, the actual protest part. Britt Baza says, Michelle, the frogs are always rioting in protest. They do it so much that, um, across, us across the pond ignore it now. It must be all the frogs' legs they eat turns them nutty. On Rumble, Wicked Psych says they have to keep working to support the larger percentage of youngsters that don't want to work nowadays. Wicked Psych says most people I know can't afford to retire and are still working at 66. Mm. Over on Facebook, Henry points out that they pay very high taxes, and they do. It's interesting that we get kind of the same retirement and we don't pay as much taxes. So where is the rest of their money going? Um, Barbara says, but many times teachers are paid to take early retirement, big payout, big benefits. Ing says Medicaid and Medicare don't pay as much as people think. Mine is under just under $900 and it's very difficult to get by. By the way, I'm 59 and have lupus and a bad heart, hence my Medicaid assistance. Barbara replying to that says, yes, difficult to keep up with insurances, taxes, utilities, car expenses, demands of government. So, uh, yeah. Oh, and Sherry, I love what Sherry says. This is off topic, but I'm going to read it anyway. I watched Lance Wallnow's video on the seven mountains from 13 years ago after I watched Johnny Enlow's more recent video. I can't believe we missed that mandate from the Lord. Our social state confirms how important it was to be involved in all matters. No, that's well said, really Sherry. good. That's though, that's really good. Um, there is another protest happening in France and the trash guys are not picking up trash. And so talk about this the Breitbart article says literal dumpster fire Paris warned of rat invasion Ooh. as 10,000 tons of trash pile up amid <gasps> strikes so not only is he facing uh, these riots over this retirement age thing Paris has been warned of a potential rat invasion as a result of the ongoing garbage collector strike, which has seen tons of trash pile up in the streets in the city earlier this week. Animal toxicologists and specialists and rats um, have an invasive species uh, warned that the trash worker strike, which is now entering, is so gross. I'm going to puke. It's third week and has seen. I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to hurl 10,000 tons of uncollected garbage pile on the streets in Paris as a result in a change in behavior in the rats in the city. They will walk in the garbage can, reproduce there, 
No! And leave their urine and drop No, they things. didn't. No, there they is didn't. a worrying health mm. risk. Mm. Um, who's <laughs> going to pick these things up when they go off strike? The Paris police um, also raised the alarm over the issue, saying in a statement on Friday, the concentration of waste, especially food, puts the population at risk. <laughs> uh, by some oh. estimates, there are about 6 million rats living in Paris, or about three times the population of humans. Uh, it's horrible, said a local bakery saleswoman. You realize if pests go into a pastry shop, what they're going to do? The growing rat issue in Paris has also broken up into pop culture with French satirical songwriter Pierre Perret releasing a song on Friday decrying the miserable condition that the city has been reduced to singing in Paris, disgusting Paris, only the rats are happy. Oh, Poor Paris, God. ugly Paris, in what a state they put you. However, the rats apparently also have their defenders, the Paris Animal Zoopolis organization, staging a protest of their own on Saturday to denounce the cruel killing of what they describe as sensitive, intelligent, playful, empathetic beings. Okay, no, 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 no. I'm not going to argue that, actually. Rats are highly intelligent. Okay, there's a reason why there's a lot of testing on rats. Um... But you shouldn't let them get out of control like this. I mean, this is just ridiculous. Again, this is Paris, right? Paris is already in shambles with the homeless population. Yeah. And I'm told it's just disgusting and vile. You're adding to that a protest that they're not picking up the trash. So now you have, like, homeless feces on the street. You've got trash on the street. Mm -hmm. You have rats. Oh, my gosh. This is... You have to... Oh, get out of the cities. Get out of the cities. The... Oh, I, it, what is the um, the disease that you used to get from rats? Oh, but it's not the, typhus. Well, no, the Black Plague was well, spread yeah. by, by rats. Well, not that one. The one that was in the um, Little House on the Prairie episode. Oh, okay. I'm just, diseases come with this. It is, oh my gosh, y'all. This is not, I did not know you were going to talk about that. That's I know, disgusting. It's really gross. Why'd you do that? I don't know. I'm really sorry. Jeez. I'm sorry. Leah's so sorry. Leah's repenting from telling you that. Oh, I'm so sorry. It was. It's pretty awful. All right. Do we have uh, a, a palate cleanser after well, that? The Dutch. Back to the back to the back to the Netherlands. Dutch cabinet minister calls for green agenda to be reconsidered after shock pro farmer party victory. Uh, a member of the Dutch coalition government has called for its contentious anti-farmer green agenda to be abandoned in light of the historic victory of the farmer citizen movement this week. Uh, Wokpe uh, Hoekstra, a top cabinet member in the government of Prime Minister Are Root, they out of water? Are they? Oh, they I are. think they are. And the leader of the center-right Christian Democratic Appeal Party, which makes up part of the four-party uh, ruling coalition, said on Friday that the globalist green agenda pursued by the government, in particular attempts to drastically reduce the use of nitrogen, should be rethought. <laughs> Following the surprise victory of the, and here's the official name, Board Booger Bugwig, Farmer Citizen Movement, upstart political party in this week's provincial elections. We can't move on to the order of the day, the CDA leader, leader said of the fertilizer policy, although uh, he also said that how and uh, what uh, of what comes in its place will still need to be determined. On Wednesday, the BBP uh, a party shocked the nation as it dominated voting in the provincial elections, which not only determined the composition of local governments, but also the makeup of the Dutch Senate. 
The upstart pro-farmer party, which was founded just three years ago, went from having zero representation in the Senate to picking up 17 seats, 16 or 17, making it the largest single party in the Netherlands. So I thought it was the second party. Um, these reports are all saying it's the largest party, which is pretty cool. Um, Prime Minister Mark Root, who also saw its government coalition uh, of four parties fall from 32 seats to 24 seats in the 75-seat Senate. So that's a little bit more information here in this article. Um, so Mark Root, he had this coalition. He had to bring together four parties and just to rule and have the majority he had 32 seats from four different parties and now that is down to 24 out of 75 so um this uh the uh mark root appeared less inclined to allow the elections to derail his global agenda to impose the European Union-driven regulations that would require the reduction of nitrogen-based fertilizers by 50% by the year 2030. Um, so are you guys noticing a theme here of this year, 2030, raising? So when we're talking about retirement ages, um, we're talking about a lot of different things. Um, I think the dog went outside. Okay, good. So the nitrogen, the nitrogen, the fertilizer, the retirement age in France... They're all going for this one year, 2030. They've moved, Agenda 2020 and Agenda 21 have all moved to Agenda 2030. You know, if you don't meet your weight loss goal in a month, then you just extend it. And so now what we have is instead of Agenda 21, we have Agenda 2030. So I don't trust anything Agenda 2030, okay? We understand the scream at the Hague, Root said. Uh, we won't be deaf. However, the longest-serving Dutch uh, prime minister refused to say whether this would have any impact on the planned legislation. Um, the issue may threaten the future of the Root government, with cracks already appearing in his coalition. His uh, Hoekstra and CDA partners have come out in favor of altering course, while the other key members of his coalition, the left-wing Democrats, have refused to budge. As they believe if the country fails to abide by the EU restrictions, the Netherlands would be prohibited from constructing new homes as a punishment and therefore suffer economically. This is crazy. So one of the reasons that they're going with this EU agenda is they're afraid that the EU will forbid them as a country from building new homes. I didn't know the EU controlled the number of homes built in each country. Like... This is a totalitarian <clears throat> government. You don't get to vote on this. Well, it shouldn't surprise you because the EU controls everything. It controls the fishing waters, how much a, a fisherman can fish. They control farms, how much you can raise a certain crop or, um, you know, certain animals, wine, cheeses. They control all of they it. Do. And you're telling me that it's all complete. It's all about free trade. Mm -hmm. That is not what the European Union is about. Yeah. Right. At all, mm -hmm. it's all no, about it's control. Not. It's not. It's not. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm ready for a Dutch exit. <laughs> I am ready for a Dutch. You know exit. what? I. We'll I want to see so many exits that it's literally. It's. It's down to in Brussels, um, the Germans are the only one left. One's left. All right. So a little bit more of an update on the Credit Suisse. Uh, Credit Suisse. The. Um, it looks like USB, the bank, has agreed to buy Credit Suisse after increasing its offer 
to more than $2 billion. The Swiss authorities post to change the country's law to bypass a shareholder vote. Isn't this great? It, this is how this works. Laws are put in place to, <laughs> to, to make you think that there's rule and order. But when it comes to this governing elite like Macron, yeah, you know what? We're just going to bypass this lower house because I can't get done what I want done. So I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. The Senate's with me. I'm going to make this happen. You see in the, in the United States, there's a $250,000 limit. You know what? We're not going to have this $250 limit. $250,000 limit. It's limitless. Limit. It's limitless. And now, you know, with the international bankers and uh, other countries seeing what the United States is doing, we're just going to change the rules here as we go because uh, there are no rules. Just to let you guys know, there are no there are rules for you, but there are no rules for them. It's like being a parent. Okay? There's bedtime for the kids, but there's no bedtime for a parent. Okay, you you choose when you go to bed. Nobody's going to enforce that, <laughs> right? There's nobody who's going to take away your dinner or whatever, right? Okay. Uh, so the USB has agreed to buy Credit Suisse. UBS. Swiss. Uh, after uh, US, U, UBS. UBS. It's a difficult After one. increasing its offer and Swiss authorities uh, changed the country's bylaws to, uh, laws to bypass a shareholder vote on the transaction as they rushed to finalize a deal before Monday. The purchase price is a fraction of the $8 billion market cap the company was valued at on Friday's close. It means that UBS will now pay slightly more uh, than um, and for its own, in its own stock, uh, but far below Credit Suisse closing price. So we also learned that UBS agreed to a softening of a material adverse change clause that would void the deal if the credit defaulted, credit default jumps spread. It wasn't immediately clear if that entire uh, clause was scrapped. U UBS shareholders who will not be consulted on the deal, which will circumvent normal corporate governance rules by preventing a UBS shareholder vote are angry. Vincent Kaufman, chief executive of Ethos Foundation, which represents Swiss pension funds that own between 3 and 5% of Credit Suisse and UBS, told the Financial Times that a move to bypass a shareholder vote on the deal was poor corporate governance. I can't believe our members and UBS shareholders will be happy about this. I have never seen such measures taken. It shows how bad the situation is. Finally, the Wall Street Journal reports that in an effort to smooth the deal, <clears throat> The Swiss National Bank has offered UBS a whopping $100 billion in liquidity to help it take on credit Swiss operations. So they, so the government isn't taking over, but the government's taking over. <laughs> they just need somebody to run it, the day-to-day -day operations. And there could be about 10,000 jobs lost. In other words, the Swiss government will extend a liquidity equal to $11.5 million per person. What? Yeah. Wait a Otherwise, minute. Wait a minute. Said every family of four is <clears throat> backstopping almost fifty million in UBS assets. Fifty million. Every family family of four. Can we just, um, if they have that kind of money to give away, what? So what? Can we wait? If I'm those families. And I'm thinking to myself, and honestly, this applies to the United 11. States. 11.5 million per person. And we don't put it into in these terms a lot, but we should. Like the bailout of, you know. What could happen what? to the Swiss population if you were to loan 11.5 million to each family and, and ask for them to make a return on their investments? 
the uh, using UBS to save and you shut the door right I did okay uh, credit Swiss uh, marks a turnaround from nearly 15 years ago there must be a treat down there or something <laughs> when Switzerland bailed out UBS after it got stuck with billions of toxic toxic assets in the in, in its US business Credit Suisse declined state aid at the time and emerged from the crisis in a stronger shape. What was that meme that you shared on Friday um, where it was the cartoon of if you're trying to get a loan for like $3,000 and they're just looking at you with a microscope and, but let's give billions of dollars away and it's there, they don't care at all. If you were to try to get a $55 million loan for your family to start up a business, could you even imagine? Mm. And yet they're just giving this away hand over fist and your family is the collateral. You're the one that's going to have to foot the bill if it gets defaulted on, which, you know, is a possibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's. Wow. Yeah. So wouldn't want to be Swiss right now. All right. Wall Street Silver says, so UBS buys Credit Swiss. Shareholders don't get a vote. UBS gets a hundred billion credit line from a central bank. Crazy times this week. Band-aids flying everywhere to keep the system from falling apart. Flashback. Credit Swiss passed a stress test nine months ago. I guess those stress tests were all a part of show. Wow. Credit. Um, okay, so I think they made that deal. So when they, when he says band-aids, though, I don't think that's the proper word. I mean, we've got tourniquets. We've got. I mean, the, if, if, if it's if it's a medical thing going, I mean, people are on, they're on life support. It's not a Band-Aid. Yeah, you can learn an important lesson from Credit Suisse. In 2006, Credit Suisse had a market cap of $70 billion. In 2016, they had a market cap of $30 billion. In 2022, they had a market cap of $10 billion. Today, they are required for $2 billion. The lesson, give up. <laughs> That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Um, the... The, and then it looks like um, this is basically a nationalization, don't you think? Uh, even it says UBS has agreed to buy Credit Suisse after increasing its offer to more than $2 billion. Mm. This is about 70% lower than Credit, Credit Suisse closing price on Friday. The Swiss National Bank will offer $100 billion. Swish, swish. It's swish, swish, swish. Uh, you know, the Saudi National Bank invested $1.5 billion into Credit Suisse five months ago, which is very crazy. Because now they could have just bought it for another half billion. You know. You know. Hmm. Strange times. All right. I want to read some of these comments back to the plague. The rats in France there. Um, Mark at Pierce said, Mark Pierce. Hey, Mike. Mark. Blah. Mark, our friend in Indiana, <laughs> says, good afternoon. Sounds like San Francisco and New York. Wicked Psych was trying to guess with me rabies, scarlet fever. I think it was scarlet fever that I was thinking of. No. It wasn't scarlet mm -mm. fever with the rats? No. Something like that. Um, uh, Herb says, thanks, Leah. I was eating. Bifmo says, bubonic plague, warning to France. Don't let Fauci in your country. And now this is a really good point to the retirement. Retirement should not be based on age alone. Working a desk job in an air-conditioned office does not have the same physical effect on your body over the years as, say, a pipe fitter or I a steel worker. Is it typhus? Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you, Leah. Was right, with good. the fleas. It wasn't the rats. It was the free fleas. On uh, and Wicked Psych points out that uh, pipe fitters can retire after 30 years on the job. So, uh, again, such a valid point when it comes to retirement. You could have had kind of a more plush 
easy on the on the body job or a very rigorous job that wears your body down. Instead of Credit Swiss, it's called Debit Swiss. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. So Wait a minute, where is that meme? I want to show that to them. Oh, here. Retweet I that. I will retweet that's, that one. That's really funny, actually. So last week, we covered another bank failure, and this time we covered uh, SVB's London branch. Do you remember that? Yeah. And we covered their diversity chick who was all about inclusion and diversity. Well, SVB's London bankers received up to $36 million in bonuses the day before um, the orchestrated bailout. What? I can't even make this stuff up. Wait a minute. Bankers at the London branch of Silicon Valley reportedly received tens of millions of dollars in bonuses no. days after the Bank of England orchestrated a rescue package that led to Europe's largest uh, lender, HSBC, buying the failed bank subsidiary for just one pound. Wait, days days after? It looks like day, it says days after. After. Wait a minute. So sources so they, describe the bonus pool as modest and said it totaled between 15 and 20 million. It was unclear on Saturday how much had been awarded to Aaron Platts, the UK's bank chief executive of her senior colleagues. One insider said the bonus payments were a signal of HSBC's confidence in the talent base at its uh, new subsidiary and that the buyer had been keen to honor previously agreed payments in order to help retain key staff. No way. What's more, the bonuses were reportedly doled out to U.S. staff just hours before the Santa Clara, California-based uh, bank clout collapsed. The bank was taken into FDIC ownership while SVB Financial Group has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. The UK arm, formerly of SVB, employs about 700 people. The London branch's guided demolition was coordinated with UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, who played a pivotal role in an emergency auction that drew interest from several challenger banks, including the Bank of London. According to insiders, if HSBC hadn't stepped up, the bonuses wouldn't have been paid, while another insider pointed out the stock held by senior executives and other employees had been rendered worthless amid the implosion. The UK... UK's tech sector is genuinely world-leading and a, of huge importance to the British economy, supporting hundreds of thousands of jobs, said Chancellor Jeremy Hunt. We have worked urgently to deliver on that promise and to find a solution that will provide SVB UK's customers with confidence. This ensures customer deposits are protected. The government had been lobbied intensively last week by hundreds of tech entrepreneurs about the perilous state. And so to keep key talent they paid out millions of dollars. Whoa. Oh. And now, that's what they decided to use the funds for. That's not Some what of the, the funds, funds were for. Yeah. That's not what those funds were for. No, this is... It's, the funds were to ensure the accounts. Mm -hmm. And yet they did... Uh, wow. Yeah, I, I feel like nobody really takes. Um, now I get it. They were. It was for some payroll. I get that, but not by and bonuses. Bonuses. Here's bonuses. the deal. Do you know that it's called a bonus for a reason? Mm -hmm. You only get a bonus if, something if the good is happening. Whoa! If the business does well. Right. All right. So no, you don't get a bonus. You don't give out bonus after you have had the second largest banking collapse in history. Right. Okay. There's you don't give out bonuses then. Hey, we're doing great. Yeah. I, I can't even, I, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around these guys in there. Um, sheer 
like they're they're just not in touch with reality. They they really truly believe that they are a better class than you, that they can do anything that they want with impunity, mm. and get away with basically everything. And and then at the end of the day, make sure that their friends are covered because these are their. And friends. That's what it is. That's exactly what it's about. I'm going to make sure you get Because yours. here's the thing. If you want to hang out with your friends and you want to still go to, you know, skiing with them, they better have some money. Okay? And so this, this is what friends are for. That's what friends are for. <sighs> That's what friends are for. Wow. That's truly what friends are for. Shoot. Yeah, shoot. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Later on, uh, after we say goodbye to um, Facebook, you guys, I want you to stick around because um, I have a really interesting video here from a Japanese lawmaker. Um, and I just don't know if I can play it here, but I am going to give you a tease. Just in the reported cases of loan, there have been as many as 2,001 cases of suspected jab-induced deaths. Mm. There are 52 cases where a pathologist has performed an autopsy and reported that there is a link between the jab and the death. And that is from uh, a Japanese lawmaker wow. in their, I guess, parliament. And wow. so... Yeah, I want you guys to, to stick around definitely for that because I'm going to get to that now. Let's see. I the, My other big story that I've got for today is a little bit sad for me, but it's also made my blood boil because we're talking about money and we're mm -hmm. talking about corruption. And we have covered on our show uh, Hillsong Australia and its various branches. If you guys don't know much about Hillsong, it's one of the largest corporate kind of churches in the world. It started in Australia about 38 years ago. It was charismatic and um, it's music start like main, it was uh, Darlene, whatever her name was. Her name. And she sang shout to the Lord. And it was like, Oh my goodness. Songs aren't boring anymore. And we would sing shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Okay. <laughs> and I remember like, one of my my talking to my aunt and uncle one time because they were more traditionalist Christians and I was like you sing shout to the Lord like oh my gosh like yeah we sing it and it was like because it was kind of charismatic because Hillsong was a little charismatic and it was like wasn't cool yet to be charismatic for anybody that don't know what we're talking about we're talking about the tongue talkers yeah the worshipers the people get into the Holy Spirit exactly right um, and you know as a kid who had a personal relationship with Jesus and wanted to experience what David experienced, you know, a lot of the churches were boring to me. You go, there's no, you're not, you don't have an emotional connection to God in church. Right. You have, if you have any sort of emotional connection, you have him at home. And, um, you know, I would watch Benny Hinn and say what you will about Benny Hinn, but he had wrote a book called good morning, Holy spirit. And, and it changed my life because I would wake up every morning and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. And I got baptized with the Holy Spirit, began speaking in tongues, and my life changed. Uh, for the first time, I wanted to tell people about Jesus because I could feel him. I could hear him. Um, it was world-changing for me. And so we started to go to a Spirit-filled church. And by Spirit-filled, I just, you know, I couldn't explain it to, to other people. The music was just better. You get into the Holy Spirit when you sing praise and worship. There is a problem, though with a lot of this music and especially with music ministers at churches rather than singing in a group in like a home. Can I just, for where this is headed, okay? I need y'all to know something. Church musicians in, in the types of churches where you kind of feel like a rock star mm -hmm. when you're up there singing mm -hmm. 
have a, they run rampant with adulterous affairs. That, and that is where this is going. I don't know if you could just bring, can you bring these five up? Yes, I can. We're not going to, we're not going to play all of them out of all of them. But this week, about 10 days ago, um, you see Hillsong has been just mired in scandals. Mm -mm. Okay. Um, I don't know if you're going to be able to see which ones I actually have up though. I'll figure it out. You're going to figure it out? Well, I can see if they're in their history. Let me refresh. Okay. Are these all it? They should be the ones I have up. That okay. should be them. And all then right. there's one more. Um, Hillsong's pastor, main pastor who started the church, he molested little boys. He did, and it's admitted, and he admitted to it. And his son took over the church. Okay? And they hid it. They, they hid it, and they never took it to police. Okay? Well... These churches, because young people get really excited to go to these churches, and it's it was a it turned into a celebrity culture, and even uh, Scott Morrison um, kind of went on the heels of the Hillsong Church. He was a Christian, and we've seen where Scott Morrison did. He locked down your whole country. Um, that there is a there is a culture of perversion and sexual perversion and affairs and sexual assaults when your connection to god comes mostly through a feeling from mm. music right it's a dangerous place to be it is a dangerous place to be but it's even more than that because they turn into this mega church on song and singing and we know from our um interview with uh tanya joy that um the ihop international house of prayer where she um worked at and was on staff that they had guys who were addicted to pornography and became violent shh, 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 violent with pornography and it seems to run rampant so i'm gonna play a couple clips because we're actually apologize for i know the dog Holly, she's here. literally the only dog that we watch that we have that yes. cannot normally when we watch her and we've watched her for years <laughs> On our show days, we take her someplace else. <laughs> we don't have her here. This is the first. This is the first week we've she's ever done lay down. shows where we're. She's trying getting to better. See. She is getting better. She she's was good. She's she's laid down, down a couple of times. Lay down. Lay down. That's the way. Okay. So, I'm actually going to go back a year in how we're going to cover this these scandals because there's kind of two one that we didn't really cover last year mm -hmm. and then there's a new one this week so henry says she is talking and saying her thoughts. she is just telling us what she she needs something come she here she needs somebody to play with her is what she needs oh 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 there we go come here she can't uh, lorraine come. says i thought it was my dog you know the issue that we have a lot of times when this happens when we have dogs that bark is uh, other people's dogs will start to react in barking at our dog that's barking. Lay here. down. Um, there she goes. She's going to lie down. I okay. So you have to tell her to lie down. So Isa410 says, I loved the contemporary music until the Lord showed me that I liked it because it made me feel good and it didn't honor him. A lot. That's really important. Maybe go upstairs while I go over this a little bit and see if there's some more like treaty stuff. Like, okay. Um, well, I have this up and ready to go if you want to play it. Okay. Great. Um, is it screen sharing yet? Not yet. Okay. So last year, um, Hillsong came under fire for a couple uh, new revelations of um, sexual assault and things happening in the Dallas area, the Dallas um, church, and then their New York church, which was super cool, uh, where the celebrities like Bieber and stuff went. 
uh, their pastor finally had was like this super rock star pastor, and he had to resign uh, because he had this long affair with somebody. And it's just really sad. But this week, uh, it, it got even crazier because I think we see where a lot of this came from. The love of money and the love of things is the root of all kinds of evil. Uh, it literally is, a, uh, it's a plural word, all kinds of evil. And what there was a um, independent MP in the, uh, in, the, uh, in the Australian Parliament. Let me see if I get this article up. So a charity watchdog is investigating Hillsong after bombshell allegations of fraud and lavish spending. An Australian charity watchdog has announced it's investigating Hillsong following bombshell allegations. The global megachurch engaged in massive money laundering, tax evasion, fraud, and used church money to do the kind of shopping that would embarrass a Kardashian. Independent MB, MP Andrew Wilkie levied the allegations, um, it was a, like a week and a half ago, before the Australian Parliament and used parliamentary privilege to make thousands of pages of documents provided by a whistleblower public. Um, Wilkie specifically uh, alleged that Hillsong earns $80 million or more annually than it declares, and he accused Hillsong founder Brian Houston and other church leaders of living large on the church's dime treating private jets like Ubers and once using 150,000 of the church's funds for a three-day luxury retreat in Cancun, Mexico during the lockdown when they spent $150 to go to Cancun. 150,000. $150,000 to go to Cancun in Mexico. Now, we're going to get to these recent allegations, but let's just back up to see where the culture of rot kind of originated. I'm going to play a few um, clips for you guys. Um you're going to see that the spending and the money goes hand in hand with the culture of perversion and sexual exploitation. Zealand Times for the celebrity church Hillsong. It's been revealed this weekend. High profile leader Brian Houston, who founded the hugely successful organization, has now stepped down from its multiple boards. He faces court next month, accused of concealing child sexual abuse, a charge he denies. Tonight, though, we reveal more it. damaging accusations about the church to brave women who say they were violated by other Hillsong members. But what makes these attacks even more disturbing is the megachurch's response and indifference to the victim's suffering so heartless it would surely make Jesus weep. Hillsong comes from pretty humble, some might say hokey beginnings. While many other churches date back thousands of years, Hillsong was only founded in the northwestern suburbs of Sydney 38 years ago. But since then, it's been a miraculous, meteoric rise for this Pentecostal movement. spreading to 23 countries across the world, even filling the iconic Madison Square Garden in New York. But all that glitters ain't gold. With a wave of scandals hitting the organisation, both in Australia, 
Founder of Hillsong Church, Brian Houston, has this afternoon been charged for allegedly concealing child sex offences. And abroad. The affair that brought down Hillsong Church celebrity pastor Carl Lynn. When you give somebody so much power, they become God to people. Tonight, we uncover new disturbing behaviour within the Australian church. Young women violated. So and he pulled down my pants. So this woman, she was raped in a church and was it was an awful situation. Um, and when you you get to the to the crux of the the issue, there was two women. I'm going to play one in a minute. Um, but you have this celebrity culture. This guy here, Carl. He was the big on celebrities, and he was having an affair with his wife. This is kind of just so creepy here. With this. Justin, this is your second time at Hillsong Conference. Yes. And what's different this time about being here? Um, I just think my faith grows every day. Um, so my faith is stronger than two years ago. Better, stronger, wiser, kinder. Hey guys, welcome back. We're here at Hillsong. Hillsong Church is no stranger to celebrity members and perhaps none more famous than pop sensation Justin Bieber. I just want to love people more. I just want to love Carl more. You're doing a good job with that. He's a so, man. Justin, this is your second time at Hillsong Conference. Yes. And what's different this time about being here? Um, I just think my faith grows every day. Um, so really my faith is stronger than me. So cool. We're so edgy. You know, nobody else has church in a club. And that was really talked about a lot. You know this what I mean? New York. Prayer meets party. Right, exactly. <laughs> Megan Fallon started attending Hillsong, New York in 2011. God will bless you in areas you didn't even know you wanted to be blessed. But she soon realized this was a church where leaders had a rock star like reputation and the spending habits to match. As nanny for one of the senior pastor's families, she saw firsthand how donations to the church made in good faith by members were then blown on corporate credit cards. It was constantly going out to dinner, nice lunches, breakfast, anything. So like if me and you went out right now and got dinner and we talked about church once, we could expense that on the church card, right? So, I mean, you were being paid a pittance. How galling was it to then see all these church leaders who, you know, were dripping in designer brands and going out and living the high life? Yeah, I mean, it really, um, it really hurt. And I actually like, so I got paid like, it comes out to about $4, but that's on the high end of some of the song, worshipped celebrity. Yeah. Building a congregation, Carl Lenz is working on damage control. Lenz was sacked by Hillsong for what it described as moral failings, as he admitted to cheating on his wife with his mistress going public. When you give somebody so much power, they become God to people. And I think people forgot the, the concept of religion and beliefs. Not bad. And I think that people look at Carl like he's God to them. After Carl Lentz was fired, Hillsong opened an investigation into the culture of its New York church. But a number of its current and former members say it's just another PR exercise. For so long, myself and so many other people were so meant to feel like we were the problem. So you go up in church leadership, the less. This is this is a really cool statement here. This is actually Franklin Graham's um, grandson or grandson. No, Billy Graham's 
grandson, Franklin Graham's son, and he actually advocates for victims of sexual abuse and uh, from pastors. And he weighs in what you're, what, I'm going to play another girl who was abused. Um, and this whole segment was about two girls who were abused and um, Hillsong covered them up, covered it up, didn't want them to come forward. And one of the, one of the pastors um, that abused one girl, we're going to get to, he, um, Brian Houston was like, it, well, we just forgive. And he stayed in, he actually got promoted. Fueled that flame. Carl Lentz was totally Brian Houston's golden boy. You know, somebody once told me something that is, it was very simple, but has stuck with me for many years. They said, the higher you go up in church leadership, the less likely you are to encounter Jesus. The higher you go up in church leadership, the lesser you are likely to encounter actual Jesus. That's really powerful. And I have to tell you, with great sadness, that's been my experience in the work I've done for the past 30 years. Mm -hmm. And something has to change. Bostovigian has spent his career holding many church leaders accountable in a court of law. He mm -hmm. says when it comes to Hillsong's head honchos, both in Australia and abroad, some deep soul searching is required. We've created a celebrity culture in the church. Pastors have become rock stars. Pastors oftentimes live in these big churches, live better than most of the people in their congregation. Mm -hmm. And you create that culture inside of a church that ultimately results in that pastor and those leaders becoming less and less accountable as they become more and more insulated. Mm -hmm. And that creates problems. Do you believe that there is a, a genuine desire within Hillsong to, to get its act together? I can tell you this, that you cannot begin looking at the future and planning for the future until you've properly addressed the past. Mm -hmm. If you love Jesus, then my goodness, start acting like him in the most important moments of life. And that is when you are approached by the hurting and wounded, stop everything you're doing and reach out and expend yourself for them. Isn't that what Jesus did over and over again? No, because, but they had to cover their life and their lifestyle. All right, so this, oh, we're going to play that. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good one we're going to play later. All right, so this is an ex-Hillsong member. She went there to go to school, and I just want to tell, play a little bit of her story here to get you an idea of how they covered things up. Some reasons. This is an American who went to Hillsong, Australia. Sex scandal that reached the highest ranks of the global megachurch has forced its Australian founder to resign. You may know this church for its music or some of the A-list celebrities who attended over the years, including Justin Bieber, some of the Kardashians, and Selena Gomez. Well, tonight, the ultra-hip church says its global pastor, Brian Houston, is guilty of inappropriate behavior with women. And in a prime exclusive, a former member here in the U.S. says she experienced that behavior with another leader firsthand. Tonight, investigative correspondent Rich McHugh shares her story, one she is telling on American television for the first time. Hillsong, the global megachurch known for its pop music, their Grammy-winning songs like What a Beautiful Name, and their A-list celebrity following is now in crisis. 
scandal has reached the highest ranks of the church. Repeat after me, I swear by Almighty God. I swear by Almighty God. Hillsong says its founder, the married Brian Houston, breached its code of conduct with two women who accused the leader of inappropriate behavior. The first incident occurred a decade ago and involved inappropriate text messages. In this audio obtained by News Nation, Hillsong leaders tell Hillsong staff about the messages. Along the line, Bolt, if I was with you, I'd like to give you a kiss and a cuddle or words of that nature. Hillsong says the staff member who received the text messages resigned. The second 2019 incident, where Houston, Hillsong admits, ended up in a woman's hotel room disoriented after mixing alcohol and a higher than prescribed dose of anxiety meds. The truth is we don't know exactly what happened next. This woman has not said there was any sexual activity. Brian has said there was no sexual activity, but he was in the room for 40 minutes. Hillsong admits the conduct was of serious concern and says Houston has resigned. In January, Houston stepped away from all ministry, he said, to focus on the criminal charge he faces of concealing information concerning the child sexual abuse committed by his late father, Frank Houston. You certainly knew that there were that very serious allegations had been made against your father. Yes, I did. Abuse that a royal commission in Australia says his father committed there decades ago. The royal commission concluded that the founder of Hillsong, now deceased, Frank Houston, had sexually abused multiple children. It also found that once those allegations were known and raised with the executive of Hillsong Church, that they failed to provide that information to police. Anna Crenshaw is not surprised. A victim of abuse at the hands of a church worship leader, she says treatment of victims is a widespread problem within Hillsong. If you have a core group who is committed to keeping abuses or assaults in the church quiet, that's not who should be leading your church. Crenshaw is considering legal action against Hillsong for the way they handled the 2016 assault she experienced as a Hillsong student in Sydney. I eventually, you know, left the church because I just realized they didn't care. In a police report she filed with Australian authorities, Anna says she was at a gathering of Hillsong church members, including Jason Mays, a married Hillsong staffer. He's sitting next to me and he puts his hand on so my, he, uh, he had my leg under the table. Her. My waist, he put his hands like left. In 2018, she reported it to Hillsong. Boz Chavigian, grandson of the late Billy Graham, is her attorney. Four or five months goes by until they say they've spoken to Jason Mays, and ultimately, time even after that goes by before it's reported to law enforcement. Police in Australia charged Jason Mays with assault with active indecency. He pled guilty in court in January 2020. At this point, you're thinking, what? I could put it in the past and that Jason would have proper repercussions, um, but that's not what happened. That's not what happened at all. In an email to Anna's father, Hillsong wrote that they disciplined Jason Mays, but have an obligation to care for Jason and that it will remain confidential. The Lord has forgiven Jason and we felt he deserved another chance. Last year, as Anna's story started to surface, Brian Houston read a prepared statement to the staff. The magistrate stated that Jason, while drunk and still seated, attempting to hug the victim. Was it a hug? No, not at all. I think even if someone drunk is trying to give a hug, it doesn't involve grabbing you in between your legs. 
But Anna says what came next is most appalling, given that we now know that at that time, Brian Houston was facing two complaints of inappropriate behavior himself from two different women. We're not talking about a sexual predator here. We're talking about a young man, young married man, who did something stupid, got much drunker than he should, which is an issue we've got to keep addressing, and got himself in a bad situation. Much drunker than he should. You know, actually, you're not supposed to get drunk at all. So can we just back up a second? You don't get to keep somebody in any kind of position of authority at the church if they're drinking to excess to mm -hmm. get drunk. What did that say to you? He said that Jason was just in a bad situation as if something happened to Jason. It's almost like he's painting Jason as the victim. Jason engaged in abusive conduct. It happened to be a violation of the law. After that meeting, Hillsong College students wrote a petition to church leadership voicing their fear over a church and college whose response puts an abuser back into a position of power and influence. Hillsong said in a statement they kept Mays on staff because the court chose not to record a conviction and noted the low level objective seriousness of the offense. Hillsong did not respond to our request for comment. Has Brian Houston or anybody at Hillsong apologized to you? No, no. Not once? Not once. Do you want Jason to be fired? I think he should be fired, yes. I think it sends a really poor message to the whole church community. Hillsong speaks the gospel, but live the exact opposite of it, which meant they sacrifice the individual in order to save the institution. And that's not, that's not the gospel of Jesus. I think it shows you can be on staff and you can assault someone and we're gonna protect you and let you keep your job while the person who you assaulted is pretty much, you know, frozen out of our community. Now, I'm speaking How with Anna just before than the Catholic Church. It's not any different. And one of the stories that we didn't play was there was a girl who was in a youth. She was a youth minister, very excited to be there in Australia. And she was legit raped. And when she went to and actually, I think I might. I don't know if I closed that out. I think I did. When she went to church leadership, they said, I shouldn't be hearing this. Don't tell me this. Wow. And, um, that person, I don't know whatever happened to that person, but she was interviewed on the 60 Minutes as well. Now, this gets to um, what is happening today. So this is kind of what you just saw was the back, foundation, the foundation. This is what's been happening for years. Brian Houston covered up his dad, molesting boys. And actually, do me a favor. Before I get to what's happening today, I want you to hear a little bit from, um, if you could do that. Yeah, this, uh, I think I would, I think this one, I think it's this one. Uh, yeah, so this ex Hillsong Global Senior Pastor, um, that one. So this is, this guy has a history of not just covering, here's the thing. Oh, what a tangled web will we, we weave when first we practice to deceive. Oh, geez, they messed up the camera. Keep oh, going. the chickens? Yeah. <laughs> so um, Brian Houston is covering up for his dad. Then Brian Houston, the pastor of this giant mega church, he is accused of having, um, you know, you pushing himself sexually on women. Um, and he was caught in a, in a hotel room drunk, as he said. He doesn't remember what happened in this hotel room. Brian Houston, the senior pastor, was said he was too drunk. He was in a room, in a hotel room with a woman for 40 minutes, and he doesn't remember what happened. 
Now and we have that right there is problem so numero uno. He resigned for two reasons, but right now he's on trial, criminal trial for covering up. I don't know if it's over yet, but this was a year ago for covering up what his dad did. Hello, I'm Layla McKinnon. Welcome to A Current Affair. Once the poster boy of a mega church, now fighting to clear his name. Brian Houston's fronted court today for allegedly concealing his father's abuse. Steve Marshall was there. Morning, Mr. Houston. Do you have anything to say ahead of your court day today? This isn't the spotlight Brian Houston's used to. Do you have anything to say to the victims of your father? The global performing pastor losing his bearings amid an intense media scrum at Sydney's Downing Centre Courts. Anything to say, Mr Houston? Yeah, which way do you go? Leaving here without a conviction at the end of this 14-day hearing could be Houston's biggest challenge, according to former Hillsong insider turned victim's advocate Donald Alley. When you looked across at Brian Houston yeah. in court today, what, what did you see? Incredibly stressed out. Uh, he doesn't know which way it's going to run, no one does, but it's a, it's a sorry tale, the whole thing. Houston faces up to five years in jail if a magistrate finds him guilty of concealing a serious indictable offence. Not telling police his late father, preacher Frank Houston, sexually abused Brett Sengstock in the 1970s, who was seven years old at the time. Mr Sengstock spoke to 60 Minutes, about his ordeal at the hands of Frank Houston in 2018. I could not speak, I couldn't scream, I couldn't push back, I just went rigid and I couldn't breathe. I was petrified. Today, Brett Sinstock waived his rights to court-ordered anonymity. On the stand, he described an attempt by Frank Houston to buy his silence on the back of a signed serviette when he met him and another pastor at a cafe. He was eating and had a napkin. It was sort of scrunched up with food all on it. And he said, sign here, sign here. Frank said the same thing. It will all be over with. You'll get your money. Donna, we just saw Brett Sinstock yeah. come out. Um, as a witness, how did he appear to you? He did well, he, was, he, was, he got a little emotional, but that's to be expected. Uh, he's a pretty broken guy. At the heart of this case is one crucial question. Did Brian Houston have a reasonable excuse not to tell police about his father's sexual abuse okay, of a seven-year-old boy? So this trial is ongoing with, with, with Houston. Eight witnesses uh, testified against the Hillsong founder, Brian Houston, in a court case. While the prosecution called, and this was from December, of just, just this past December, so he hasn't had a verdict yet. Um... While well, the prosecution called eight people to testify against Hillsong Church founder Brian Houston in a court case alleging him of concealing his uh, late father's sexual abuse of a young boy in the 70s, uh, his wife Bobby revealed that defense could find no one except her husband to testify as a witness to his incidents, in innocence. The Crown prosecution presented eight witnesses. Um, the, she's like, I guess she says that it's a modern-day persecution. I'm weary of the relentless assaults on this man, weary of the unchallenged, uncontained narratives left to fester. Uh, that might sound dramatic, but I have no reason to say otherwise. And so this is them. I'm going to get to the financial things in a minute. But when you see their blatant disregard for victims. Yeah. And he actually. A prosecutes, it's, a per, it's not a persecution 
on your husband mm -hmm. if your husband molested a little boy? No, with, that's like no. He this is Brian Houston's wife. Oh, okay. So the okay, still same thing. It's not a prosecution. If persecution, excuse me, a persecution, if your husband covered up the crime of his dad having had, having molested a little boy at the mm -hmm. age of seven, mm -hmm. that's not persecution. You're not, that's not for your faith. Yeah. So he said, um, he admits that his father was a serial pedophile. My father was a serial pedophile and will probably never know the extent of it, but he still thinks he did the right thing by not reporting the allegations to police. During his father's lifetime. Houston, who resigned from Hillsong under pressure back last March, stated during the final days of the three-week um, special hearing, authorities charged Houston last year with one count of concealing a serious indictable offense. Houston, 68, pleaded not guilty. Um, the hearing um, wrapped up in, in December, but they're not going to... The defense has six months to prepare final arguments with the final so, arguments in June of Leah, this year. Coming from a ministerial background and all the training that you've had and the things that you were taught and told over the years, um, and especially going to, to Rama Bible College... If you know of a, a an offense, you are you are legally bound to to report that to police. Thank you. Um, if you if you know of one by you know especially somebody in some sort of church leadership, but if you're counseling somebody, um, you you have There's to there. so, tell so people. So my point is like even if so he knew this from the the side of his dad, mm -hmm. but like let's say you are counseling someone and that is being molested currently. Mm -hmm. Like an underage person, you are right. bound by law that you have to report that. You don't get to keep under, especially that. a minor, especially a minor. That's where mostly uh, yeah. applies to. So let me read some comments here from Facebook. Dana said, "This all makes me physically ill." Me too, Dana. Lorraine says, "Absolutely wicked and utterly sickening." They are really good at twisting scriptures and having zero context, just con. But I will say this: um, in his in Brian's defense, he said that the victim didn't want him to go to the police. Mm. Um, and it's, it could, that could be. That's the victim fine. didn't want that... you to go to the police. And then he said he knew nothing whatsoever of his father's offending until it was told to him decades le later. After he was told by his, uh, I guess, um, is this the, the, um, let's see, the court. The court was told it first came to the church's attention October of 1999 when Mr. Sinstock's mother disclosed the matter to traveling evangelist pastor we Kevin Mudford. Who Mr. Agahanahanian? Mr. Is. Mudford then phoned George, uh, this other guy, the general man manager of Hills Christian Life Center, of which Brian Houston was senior pastor. Okay. Okay. So the general man manager of the church that Brian Houston was pastor of, um, and then. It all kind of came out, and after he told this, Mr. Houston said he what he had a tense and awkward 45-minute meeting with his father, where he admitted to abusing the young man. He simply said that that did happen. He told me it only happened once, and he told me um, what it what happened there. Um, and you know, this with his with Brian Houston later coming out and saying his dad was a serial pedophile. It's it's a very sad situation that this is kind of what happens within church leadership, people who have authority, people who are in, in 
people are in didn't positions. Didn't the previous video just show Mr. Houston, um, or was this was that someone else that had said that they had been embroiled in an affair or something? So he so. So, like all the pastors are, but there were two. There, I was in and out with the dog and the so chicks and the, everything. The so the one young guy in New York yeah. was, had an affair and he had to resign in 2020. Right. Um, one I didn't show you <clears throat> was Dallas Hill's song. And that guy had an affair and he had to resign. And um, then Brian Houston himself has been brought up on charges of uh, sexual impropriety with women. So our friend Mark Pierce says it was reported a year or so ago Hillsong New York was a huge woke <clears throat> church. Mm -hmm. Very well said. Um, and then over on Facebook, or I mean on DLive here, I thought there was one. Um, I guess I must have missed that one. All right, so I think that's it. Right. Okay. Right. So, <laughs> where does where does all this leap? Oh, lead all oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. Now, this gets to the news story of this week, the financial fraud allegations. So, do you want to play this? I think I've got this. The Seven News Australia. Yeah. <clears throat> if I need to play it, this so it comes right to the, Yeah. Good. We got it. We're ready. It's muted. Nice. It's not playing either. To political reporter Rob Scott in Canberra for us tonight. Rob, good evening. Accusations of major financial crimes have been levelled against the megachurch Hillsong. What are the claims? Well, Michael, fraud, money laundering and tax evasion, both here in Australia and around the world. These are ex the explosive allegations levelled by the independent MP Andrew Wilkie under the protection of parliamentary privilege today. The Tasmanian MP says... Thousands of documents given to him by a whistleblower show how millions of dollars in church donations were allegedly misused. He's accusing uh, the founder, Brian Houston, of using private jets like Ubers, racking up $170,000 in one three-month period. Mr Wilkie says the uh, files also detail how four members of the Houston family spent $150,000 on a luxury getaway to Mexico. And there's a whole laundry list of other expensive purchases allegedly made using church money. Hillsong followers believe that the money they put in the poor, a poor box, goes to the poor. But these documents show how that money is actually used to do the kind of shopping that would embarrass a Kardashian. For example, a $6,500 Cartier watch for Bobby Houston, $2,500 in Louis Vuitton luggage, a $2,500 watch for Phil Dooley, two watches worth $15,000 for Joel and Julia Abel, shopping sprees for designer clothes at Saks Fifth Avenue, and even $16,000 for custom skateboards. Mr Wilkie says the files also show the megachurch earns $80 million more in Australian annual income than it reports publicly. And he says all these documents were offered to the tax office and the Australian Securities and Investments Commission last year but not acted on. And late today, Hillsong responded with what is a pretty lengthy statement saying it has been honest with its congregation about past governance failures, and it's a different church now than it was a year ago, saying it's under new leadership. But it says Mr Wilkie's claims are out of context and in many respects wrong. So there's probably a fair bit to go still on this yet, Michael. Many more questions, I'd imagine. All right, Rob Scott there in Canberra. Thank you. Out of context. Um, so listen, I understand that when you live these higher lives, these bigger lives, that these seem like normal write-offs for you. <laughs> okay. 
custom skateboards. Yeah. Detailing the church's financial records. Wilkie says, and you know what? I'm going to pause that. I'm just going to kind of go over this because um, there's a couple more news stories that I get to some of the letters today. Yeah, we've been on this one for a while. Yeah. So, but this is, this is the punchline. Okay. And um, I want to go over some of these numbers for you. $150,000 of church funds for a three-day luxury retreat to Cancun, Mexico during the lockdown when these the, when uh, there was a deal made, I guess, with Brian Houston and Morrison that his family would be allowed out and no one else would. Wow. Um, let's see. Uh, a $6,500 Cartier watch, a $2,500 Louis Vuitton bag. So they just read all that. So I'm going to go. All that. I know, but I'm going to go over a little bit. Okay. So $2,500 in a new watch. So these watches and these birthday presents are written off for pastors in large amounts. Um, let's see. These documents show um, him clocking up Pastor Dooley, falsely claiming that he only flies economy clocking up $58,000 in business class flights for him and his daughter to Guatemala, $42,000 in business class flights to Mexico, $32,000 in business class flights from Cape Town to Sydney via the U.S. On Sunday, Dooley announced to his congregation that as a result of the allegations, Hillsong will commission a third-party evaluation. Um, Dooley third said, party. this is the new guy, Dooley said that one of the changes is that 153 Hillsong staff had chosen to voluntarily resign, saving more than 9.4 million a year. So here's the thing: it's I, they, the staff numbers. I think I've got one of these up in one of my tweets. 153 employees. Here, if you could bring. Uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. How many? So 153 Shoot. employees is saving them how many millions? 93 million. 9.3. 9.3. Okay. 9.4 so million. Sense. So to give you um an idea of how much these guys were being paid do you mean the actual staff yeah like, let's say you're an assistant okay pastor this or is um hillsong church salaries um let me go over this this is he breaks it down protestia breaks it down a little bit more um where am i he's doing a lot today where that was are it. you Just past it. no but he told who made what um, Can you click on the link? Yeah, the different guys. So, um, with a trove of 10,000 documents. All right. So, senior pastor Brian Houston was making a million dollars a year with royalties and book sales not disclosed, which could have no been in the millions. No way. Bobby Houston, I guess his wife, his, his son, son. Or son was making half a million with royalties not disclosed. In 2016, the New York pastor who had an affair, the little, the, the wild rocker, he was making 340,000, not including honorariums and book royalties. It was disclosed that some pastors were making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in speaking tours. Pastors Gary and Kathy Clark were bringing in 400000 Music pastor Ben Fielding was receiving a salary and music royalties from Hillsong Songs, bringing in $1.5 million, not including tour bonuses. Uh, music pastor Manu Crocker was bringing Matthew. in a, Crocker was making a, eight hundred thousand a year. Music director Brooke Ling, Lingerwood was bringing in one point seven million, not including the honorarium or or tour bonuses. And global creative director Joel Houston, and it's in the family, was making one point nine million, not including his book royalties or tour bonuses. Um, this is 
absolutely crazy. Um, That's ungodly. Literally. In, the, in every sense of the word, that is an ungodly amount of money. Yeah. So it looks like... Um, Here's what, in case, let's see, per their internal policy, if you had a Hillsong Church corporate card, it must be only used for work ministry-related expenses. And that, if that wasn't uh, clear enough, their policy included a reminder, um, am I spending with the same care I would be spending my own money? Let's look at some of Brian Hillsong's expenses and find out. Here's a small sampling. Um, let's see, did he make some... Oh, this is just, you can just see they went to Newport Beach, spent about $9,000 here and there. Um, big giant spendings on meals. They went to the Ritz-Carlton. Uh, fancy, fancy hotels that they wrote off, wrote, wrote off. Mexican expenses in the thousands of dollars that they wrote off. Um, it's, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And then the Hillsong Phil Dooley addresses the church uh, today apologizing for the recent revelation saying that they need time to sort it all out and then he said um, stewardship of the church resources is something that they take very seriously clearly it looks like um, Hillsong's pastor Ben Houston received a $90,000 a year housing allowance renting not mortgage oh my. he also receives $1,200 a month to spend on household cleaners light bulbs and pest control wow that's some expensive light bulbs and dish soap. Uh, and then it looks like um, they flew business class for a cup. Looks like for like a couple people for eighteen thousand dollars. It's just, and then the pastors were given huge gifts of just five thousand, six thousand, ten thousand dollars. So let's pause with all of this. Why this is important? Well, there's several reasons. One of the reasons is what we have here, and I don't know what their equivalent of the 501c3 is in Australia. Maybe they don't even have one. Maybe they're not tax exempt. Maybe they only get these write-offs and then this is, you know, what they get. I don't know. Um, but when it comes to the, taxing in and of itself is wrong. This type of taxing is wrong. You shouldn't have these write-offs they shouldn't exist because the taxing premise, the way that it is, is wrong. So let's throw that out for a second. What the tax write-offs have revealed is that this church that has become essentially an entertainment sensation, bringing in the same type of money as an entertainment sensation mm -hmm. in the name of the gospel. If this was any regular entertainer, most of us would not have a problem with this, these, these write-offs. Okay, well, that's just how you live and, you know, you face God when you die. The issue that especially Leah and I have, you need to understand something. For the first six years of Resistance Chicks, we didn't ask for donations regularly unless something really, really big came up. We never asked for donations. We didn't sell any products and we put in literally a full-time job worth of our time and effort into this for free because the gospel is free. And the only reason, literally the only reason why we have opened up to that is because two years ago, we started doing more things that cost money for resistance chicks. Okay. But we're bringing you world news. 
which for most people, they just count that as news. Like, what are you talking about ministry? Leah and I view our voices every time we talk to you guys mm -hmm. as ministry. Now, Paul says a laborer is worthy of his hire. So there's nothing wrong with getting paid to be a minister. There's literally nothing wrong with that. I don't have a problem. The problem comes in when you've got, you know, someone like Leah and I who are literally like, I don't care if I have to pay you to hear the message of the gospel. Mm -hmm. I will do that, right? We've a lot of times money for resistance chicks come out of our own pocket. And then these people who are saying that they are ministers when they are actually entertainers. Oh, wow. Just call yourself what you are and no one will care. Don't call yourself a minister. Just say we are Christian entertainers, okay? We exist to entertain Christians. Then you again, are you face Jesus. But you're going to face the church body if you are calling yourself a ministry and taking a $1.9 million a year salary plus. All right? That's where most of us draw the line. And it was interesting because the member of parliament that was bringing forth this issue mm -hmm. used a phrase that I found very interesting. When you put, people were expecting when they put their money in the, what did he say? The poor box. The poor they box. They expect to be helping the poor. Because most of us understand ministry as ministry helps the poor. So maybe in the in, in Australia, they just call the donation box a poor box. Mm -hmm. But then he followed it up with, then they expect to be helping the poor. Mm -hmm. That's what ministry is supposed to be doing. Spreading the gospel, helping the poor. Our ministry for the past over, geez, almost 20 years has been called Isaiah 58 Ministries. Yeah. If you read Isaiah 58, it's what is this, the true fast? It's to help the fatherless mm -hmm. and the widow. Mm -hmm. All right. And um, I feel very grateful that over the years we have had so many people come to us and like single moms mm -hmm. saying, thank you for your program. I'm now able to homeschool my child or I've got encouragement here or, you know, everything's like those kind of messages. The Bible says a laborer so is worthy of his hire and we're not, uh, we wouldn't upset, we would be uh, uh, bringing this to you if people were, you know, in a regular home, driving a regular car, Getting making sure, salary. And, and flying different places. That's not the problem. It's that these people look at your money, and the money is like, we've got millions of dollars. We And they, well they have a celebrity more, more, more. culture, have a, yeah. and they hang out, and they go to the big places. They go to Saks Fifth Avenue because yeah. they think that their image is important. Right. And so they have to pro you know project a good image. Now, listen to some of the honorariums they paid. Joyce Meyer got 160000 133,000, 100,000 and 32,000. Wait, 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 wait. For coming to speak. Several Oops, there those each are several time, different each time she came to speak. Oh, each time my she gave, came to speak. So that's like over $400,000. Yeah. TD Jakes received 77,000 and 120,000 in honorariums with a staggering 70,000 $77,000 worth of airfare to and from now, Australia. Now, this isn't related in. to Hillsong, is it? This is Hillsong giving these people honorariums. So the, when they flew in, no. Joyce Meyer, they paid her $160,000, $133,000, $132,000 just to come and speak. Oh, my goodness. Those are her speaker fees. Oh, my goodness. TDJ, speaker fees, $77,000 and $120,000. Y'all. Y'all. 
In return, Wilkie and Brian Houston spoke at megachurches in America and received their own eye-watering hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of honorariums. This lucrative celebrity preacher scam is described in more detail in the 44-page documents. So, let's talk, Leah, about the Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays that we've been doing. Mm -hmm. There is something that we are calling the kingdom mindset. Other people call it that as well. Wait, where... I just want to, in this document, listen. So, they come, you get $10,000, $30,000, up to a hundred. Okay. And then they're reciprocal so that you go and speak at their church and they give you that money. Oh, no, they didn't. Yeah, that's how this works. And quite frankly, pastors do this all the time in every church. It's just in this church, it's bigger and bigger money. Mm -hmm. Try to get a speaker. Try to get people that you love to come and speak. Mm -hmm. There are several people. Listen, I will just tell you, Kirk Cameron has a $30,000 speaking fee. Lance Wildnows is like seven. These people have speaking fees. Now, if those fees are legit because they have to pay for certain travel or they have people that come with them, this is the way I view it. If you you can live at, at the at the level of the average people in you, that 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 you're ministering to, okay. Michelle and I. If, if we can speak somewhere... Now, here's the thing. You have to do your time wisely. And you do have to live. But okay? that doesn't mean that you raise the price. You just don't speak. It's not like, hey, I'm going to weed out where I speak based on how much money they can pay me. You weed out where you speak based on where, where God's called you to speak. And they're doing it the wrong way. Right. Well, I'm only, I can only speak at so many places. So this is how I'm going to weed it out. I'm going to only go to the places that can pay me the most. And then the ch a church should recognize time and effort. And the way I've seen it done in the past is they take up an offering for somebody who comes and speaks. And that's great. And if you're a traveling minister, a laborer is worthy of their hire, right? You want to make sure people can live, but you don't, but nobody should be a celebrity minister, and I will call it out. Even it, 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 it and it hurts my head. Um, we've had people come to Michelle and I saying, "I can help you guys make more money. I I can help you um, basically um, target audiences and get people to give you more money." And I can't do that. We Michelle and I will come to you because we're doing things, and it's a it's one of those things where Paul was a tent maker, but he would get upset when people wouldn't help him or help provide for him. He's like, I came to you, but you guys, could you just, you, you should be helping me out. And I want to clarify when, when Lee and I use ourselves in ex as an example, it's only because it's the example that we know the best. It's not that we care. I don't care about money. It's literally the last thing that I ever think about. We live our lives so that we make a, a very small amount of money on purpose. Like money is the last concern that I have. And I think that over the past seven years, we have showcased that. The only reason we're using ourselves as an example is so you guys can see a comparison of what these guys are doing versus somebody else that they really just, like, like Leah said, if, if we get asked to speak at a place, our first thought is, can we afford to go? Not, are they going to pay me to go? But can I afford the hotel to go? Can I afford the car rental? Can I afford, you know, whatever? Okay, so these other people aren't thinking that at all. They're thinking, well, how much are you going to pay me to get me there? 
one of the worst things that they do is they charge Compassion International one million a year so Compassion can promote a child sponsorship at Hillsong conferences whoa, and worship tours. Whoa, no. Hillsong no. does not promote compassion adoptions and compassion help. I don't think it's I don't think it's adoptions. I think it's just compassion child sponsorships. Right? Like what we did growing up. Yeah, my mom always they had charge that, a million dollars a year for the privilege of being their child sponsorship partner. All right, I'm saying it right here, and we can end this segment with this. Hillsong is, is a satanic. You don't charge Compassion International a million dollars as a church to put up their ads. Not for something like this. It's it's resulted in 118,000 child sponsorships. And the question is, how much how many child sponsorships could could you do with a million dollars? This is evil. The whole ministry. I'm gonna pray right now, dear Heavenly Father. I thank you that your divine justice is going to come on the corrupt people in this ministry and you're going to set anybody else that is not corrupt in that ministry free from this ministry and we cast it into the sea never to rise again but for other true ministers that are at Hillsong that are good and they love you to rise up and start their own ministries Amen. and we just we just say that th this is an irredeemable ministry right now I'm declaring it on March 19th 2023 Hillsong is irredeemable ministry and we are cursing that ministry in the name of Jesus. I just did it right here live on television. Mm. I'm sorry. We are, this ministry is, it's irredeemable and it needs to be broken up like a big corporation. Hillsong Australia guaranteed 5.5 million loan to Hillsong London to purchase the London Hippodrome nightclub, all wow. from tax exempt Australia income at the time that London was experiencing uh, serious financial problems. It's, there was another loan for 15.7 million that was as, is very unlikely to be repaid. Um, yeah, that's that's it for that. Now we had um, Mergy says uh, Emergy says obviously these people talk the talk but don't walk the walk. Uh, with uh, excuse me, with speaking fees like that, talk is not cheap. And obviously these people talk the talk but they don't walk the walk. Right. No, you're absolutely right. He's so evil. Um, I guess we're going to have to get to the Japanese guy next time. Oh, no. Um, we do okay. have a good minister here, Calvin, Calvin. Rob Robinson in the UK. Love him. Where um, he is not making money. He's a, he's a GB News presenter, and he really, truly loves God, and he loves the gospel. Yep. And he is standing in the UK where it is very hard. I hope you didn't close it out because we we're going to play that at the end okay, of the show. Okay, well, I'll bring it back up. Okay. Um, and Sorry. this is a quick clip where he's talking about the sexualization of children and shouldn't we protect children? Uh, that should be your primary focus, always. As a free speech advocate, are you concerned about the free speech implications by protesting against something like this? Are you not limiting the free speech of the drag queens and the people that want to attend that kind of storytime event? In what way am I limiting anyone's free speech? By asking them to not conduct the event, therefore not do the reading. So, so. so by engaging with them in conversation, I'm limiting their free speech. It doesn't make any sense. If I was physically stopping someone from speaking, I would be preventing their free speech. Uh, the only free speech that's at risk here is mine when I'm trying to speak to the people who are opposing my perspective and there's no engagement. There's no will to find any common ground. There's no will to engage engage and say look what's at risk here are children we all care about children let's sit down and discuss this and think and decide what is appropriate what's inappropriate is this really a, okay what's going on but there's none of that there's no free speech at risk on my behalf i'm not risking anyone's free speech as a you know i find it really fascinating that um being a person whose business it is to be sexual 
that you then being around children with your sexual nature is is free speech. Um, so let me just straight up. Does the grown man at the park have a right to free speech to talk to your child? Hmm. Does the grown man at the park have a right to free speech to have your child maybe behind um, a building? Okay. You don't get... Bars have age limits for a reason. Mm. Because what goes on in the bars is unsavory and should not be introduced to children. You do not have a right to do a pole dance in front of children. That is not free speech. And by the way, these people aren't just speaking mm -hmm. in these. They're called the drag queen shows. Yeah. That's not speech. I know. I know. All right. So this pastor here, Dr. Uh, Aaron Edwards, was fired because he tweeted out homosexuality is invalidating the church. It's a, an imperative Invading. for the time we're in as the church. I think that we're seeing a growing LGBT, LGBT agenda. And I think it's one thing to see that happen out in the world beyond the church. But when it comes into the church, I think that's a time when those who want to stand upon the the Orthodox Christian faith need to speak up and speak out and, and not allow the toleration of sin because God doesn't tolerate sin. He can forgive sin, but he doesn't tolerate it. And so when the church, it, as it were, gives its blessing to God giving its blessing for same-sex relationships, as the Anglican Church did recently, uh, I find that particularly offensive as a Christian. And I think Christians need to stand up for the word of God at that time. So that's why I tweeted what I tweeted. I don't think I was trying to cause trouble on purpose, but I, of course, I knew that it, it might you know, be a difficult thing for some to hear, but I think it's something that evangelicals especially, and really anyone who wants to stand upon the word of God needs to be awake to at this time. Wow. wow. And so Calvin is standing, and I think it's really hard. Oh, no, in... they were seeing that. They heard it, but they didn't see it. Oh, we're no. not screen sharing. Okay. So screen share, please. Um, it's really hard in the UK right now because they have a much less toleration for religious beliefs. Um and um, Calvin said, marriage is between one man and one woman. Men cannot become women. Women cannot become men. Men and women are equal in worth and dignity, but different, complementary in function and roles. We are all made in the image of God. We are our bodies. We are our soul. God loves you. And um, somebody said, Calvin, just stop it. You're being totally vile. What happened to you? And he goes, which of these statements is vile? These are Orthodox Christian beliefs. They were considered Western values until five minutes ago. This Christian phobic attitude is a form of toleration intolerance. A liberal progressive worldview is to be affirmed. Anything else is hate. And then um, we don't have much more time here. So I think I might cover this next week. Well, I think we have time for this one. Um, this is the, the um, Dr. Gavin Ashaden joins Calvin Robinson to discuss the vote over same-sex union blessings in Germany. Christianity, according to a, what we might call a contemporary religion. And, and the contemporary religion really is, is uh, it's about therapy. Um, we've become a therapeutic culture where uh, we've been most concerned about making sure that people feel welcome and safe. 
Um, but this idea of being welcome and safe is a bit artificial, it's unrealistic, and it derives from therapeutic culture, but it's got nothing to do with Christianity. Christianity is more profound than that. It's one of the ways in which we help distinguish between good and evil. And that's terribly important because if you can't distinguish between good and evil, then uh, you have no, nothing, no way of standing up against corruption or deception. Um, and it's not the first time that Christianity has gone off the rails. I was thinking of another example. I was thinking, for example, of, a, of the way in which uh, clergy blessed canons during the First World War to kill their, their other Christians and cousins. From time to time, people get carried away by, by ideas that are acceptable in society, but have got nothing to do with Christianity. And so this is one of those occasions where the idea of inclusion, being nice to everyone, and above all, sanctifying sexual romanticism has taken pre precedence over, Christian, uh, Christ over Christianity. But some would argue that the German bishops, uh, what they want is a necessity for progress going forwards. How do you respond to that? Well, of course, nobody knows what progress is. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, it would be very interesting to, for the people who want progress to tell us where they think they're go we're going. Um, the, the fact is, where we've gone in the last 30 years is called progress, but actually the consequences are really terrible. Um, the internet is very is, is a wonderful thing. I get access to Wikipedia immediately, but, but since 80% of it is driven by pornography, that's not very good. The, the, the fact that um, we found ourselves overwhelmed by sexual addiction uh, and the, the mental health of our children uh, is breaking down. The fact there's no social cohesion. Um, if you look at the history of the last 30 years, I would call it dystopian, not progressive. And so that's, again, if we're faced with choosing between um, dystopia and, and, and uh, a healthy society, we need a very finely tuned ethical system for doing it. Christianity is very good at that, but, but boundary-free therapy is very bad at it. Right. But the problem here is that people see any kind of disagreement as hate, right? So I I'd like to get a message from you on love. Why shouldn't marriage be, be between two men or two women? Why does marriage have to be between one man and one woman? And is that not a hateful idea? We've got, only got one minute though, if you can, please. Okay, well, I think I probably want to go straight back to family life and say that, that, that children who are indulged without any discipline uh, be become terrorists. And one of the things every parent knows is that, that love has to be both soft and tough at the same time. Um, and so what are the mo this particular movement can't distinguish between tough love and soft love. T tough love is managing your sexuality, um, beginning to discipline your, your instincts, and we're biologically attuned to do that between men and women. The moment you get rid of the man, the man and woman uh, axis, then you begin to open the door to everything. We will soon be having threesomes and foursomes, polyamory and polygamy. Um, this is a very unstable way of managing human relationships. Uh, the way that Christianity invites us to love one another in marriage is better, stabler, holier, uh, and uh, is, is much to be advocated. That is so encouraging to hear these men say this. When On it's so TV news, hard. by the way. Um, there is a pushback. And so I want you guys to come to our Revelation Red Pill on Wednesdays because we are taking back these narratives. We are recognizing that it is our duty to learn the proper way to argue these arguments and to do so with the power of God. And it's not just about blessed blessing unions or why don't you just let bygones be bygones because society has norms that keep us in a boundary. You know, it's like, well, why can't you just let, let cars drive all over everybody's property? Okay. There are norms in society. Marriage is between a man and a woman. You don't need any sort 
sort of marriage or commitment between two dudes or two women. Marriage is between a man and a woman. And uh, this has been the norm for thousands of years, even when you've got, and other people will say, yeah, but in the Old Testament, Abraham was marrying um, other women. Well, Abraham only married one. Yes, his wife gave him a concubine. It's, it was called basically um, surrogacy. That's how they did surrogates to have more children, which is I'm against. And the Bible's actually against, okay? The Bible talks God against- God was angry at this. Yeah, the Bible talks against Jacob having two wives, but God used it. Okay. And let's keep in mind that once again, when I get asked all the time, Michelle, how can you have your end times theology that you do, this view that you have? Because I believe that the world is getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. You don't understand history because that as a societal norm of, of um, having more than one, than one wife and having concubines and mistresses, that was a, a kind of debased mindset and society and christianity says marriage is between root. one man and one woman. and after jesus came all of these we call them westernized civilization but frankly most people don't understand the world change that happened when jesus died on the cross and rose again the Holy Spirit came to the earth and started to enter into mankind and change and, them. And, changed them. and it affected like a contagion, but good. Yeah. Everyone and everything. And so as much as we want people to move in the Holy Spirit and we want people to worship, and I'm not telling you not that, that some Hillsong songs aren't good. Cause I'll probably still sing some of them, but the, the, um, the whole system of, charismatic -y, giant churches and even dead Presbyterian churches. There's, there's a, the church is church. We're going to set that aside. We want you guys to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and get with people who are ready to take the power of God into government, into the culture Everything's to changing, discuss guys. what we're talking about. Everything's this is church. Right now. And with this being St. Patrick's Day weekend, and I was going to cover what Joe Biden said, which was really stupid. We're going to end you guys with a good song from uh, an acapella song from the Second Ireland Sacred Harp Convention in 2012. These guys and gals get together and they sing these acapella songs and they're powerful. They're psalms. And um, can you find it? Yeah. Okay. Singing the Psalms is one of the most powerful things you can do because God comes in very powerfully to take down your enemies. And, you know, we really need to start singing the Psalms. And so I'm so excited to bring you this from Ireland as the last part of our show today.
to crush the fiends of hell. Okay. okay? So they're this asking, is what worship. Psalm? What psalm is that? I don't know. We don't even know. Oh, man, that is so you powerful. You can go to uh, the uh, Cork Sacred Harp YouTube channel, and they've got a whole list of these wonderful songs. That was really um, good. I have been wanting to play this song for you guys. It's been making us round on Facebook with some of the traditional guys saying we need to start singing the Psalms. Oh. And I looked mm. all morning, and unfortunately, the Presbyterians are just not making it for me it's, it's, it was not it's, it was not powerful i wanted to find this one i'd seen this one making its oh, rounds you found it and god led me to this song it's so powerful the anointing is on it and and these are the kind of songs that we need to be singing singing the psalms he lives to crush the fiends of hell okay the dead are alive and the lost are found and Hillsong, move out of the way. Move okay? out of the way. Because you have given over the the to to reprobate minds, the homosexuality, mar you don't talk about marriage between a man and a woman. These these hippie hipster preachers out there with their skinny jeans are trying to be cool and get butts in the seats, but right now, and that was all fine and good, but you didn't see the enemy right there at your door. Mm. But we are seeing the enemy right there at the door, and we are going to live to see. Um, the fiends of hell crush beneath his feet. He wants to crush the enemy, but we have to call upon his name. We have to be holy and righteous, getting into his presence, okay? They can't do anything to fix the culture because they are sucked in to money and world and fame and disgusting perversion. And they they have literally... Australia, I, I kept saying, Hillsong, where's Hillsong? Where's Hillsong in the lockdowns and the vaccines? Now I know where you guys have been, okay? Uh -huh. Your church is dead, okay? I think this is from the book of Revelation. I'm going to spew you, Hillsong, out of my mouth. Come okay, on. there's a lot of you guys. Well, I love their songs. I let did Hillsong songs help you take back your country? Did Hillsong songs help you to stop? Um, uh, and it's not even the songs, so the Hillsong church. We're gonna separate the songs from the church because. Worship can happen and the Holy Spirit can flow from stupid people, even like Saul. Okay. Um, Accurate. And so you can, you can separate the two. All right. And, and go ahead and listen to your worship. Lorraine says, I love Shane and Shane for the Psalms. Oh, there you go. Sing the Psalms, worship. And this is singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Yep. And Lord Jesus, I pray that. Irish people just please sing, take over take over because if we could sing that every Sunday every day I think we'd take over the world all right Britt Bottom says Michelle get your viewers to check out Eli Cathedral on YouTube they'll love the even songs that is filmed there every week Eli Cathedral in Cambridge Cambridge Shire England that's awesome. So we were going to do a mail call, but I can't. I got doggies that are crossing their legs. Um, so I hate that. We've got a chick that's falling asleep on live on camera. Um, so maybe cute. we might do a special. Just do do that yeah. tonight. Yeah, that's a good idea. We'll so. do it. So look for that on Facebook You know what tonight. we will do? You know what we will do tonight? What? We will come and talk to you about Trump's arrest. And we will do a mail call at the end of Trump's arrest show. Everybody's been wanting that as a show, and we've been meaning to do it. Okay. And we'll do it in studio and do a mail call. How's that sound? Uh, in Maybe. studio or I'm just on sitting well, somewhere, we can do it somewhere else? It would just be easier to do okay. it this way, but we'll see. Just stay tuned. Okay. 
All right. Okay. So remember a couple of things. Tuesday night, where are you going to be? You're going to be at Pete Santilli show at 7 p.m. because Resistance Chicks are going to be on that. Then right afterwards, you're going to pop over here to Resistance Chicks Rumble channel because we're going to have the lovely, the beautiful Tara Dodrill of Old School Survival Boot Camp on to talk about Old School Survival Boot Camp and the different classes and get you guys psyched up and excited about that. So that's going to happen on Tuesday. Then Wednesday night, Revelation Red Pill Academy, we're going to have on David from Stop World, is it... Um, Stop world domination, I think. No. Stop world something. Shoot. Uh, anyway, we're going to get into the origins of where the modern end times theory started. It is going to be, it's sensational. Okay. It's the show that I shouldn't sensationalize, but it sensationalizes itself. It's the itching ears. Stop world control. Stopworldcontrol.com. Stopworldcontrol.com. You can check them out ahead of time. But David's going to come on and he's going to help us break down where all of this started. We're also going to have our regulars back on. I think Corey Gray will be there and Serge DeRosa, possibly Jason Heidinger. I'm not sure. But that this Wednesday is going to be one of the biggest shows that Revelation Red Pill has had. And I've been waiting for this and waiting for this and waiting for this because once you recognize where it came from, it's like finding about IG Farben. It's like finding out about the deep state. It is the actual, this Wednesday is the actual red pill that we refer to in Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays. So you don't want to miss out on that. Then this coming weekend, if you didn't already see our video, please come and join us. If you are able to coachdavelive.com forward slash events, we're going to have a phenomenal event with Coach Dave, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, Dr. Carrie Midday, and Tom Renz, and Leah and myself at House of Restoration. There's going to be an option to go to the Creation Museum on Friday. If you can come a day early, go to the Ark Encounter, which is literally a full replica of the original Ark. It's phenomenal. It'll blow your mind. We want to see you guys there. There's many of you that are telling me you're coming, and I'm so excited to see you. Two-day conference, Friday in the evening, and then all day on Saturday. It's going to be just incredible. CoachDaveLive.com forward slash events. Now, Leah. Yeah. I know that I keep talking about the MyPillow all-season slippers. Yeah. But they're still on sale right now. Oh, wow. So you can go to MyPillow.com forward slash RC or MyPillow.com and use promo code RC. The all-season slippers are $25. There's a they're closeout. They're basically free. They're, they, they, listen, let me tell you all something. I am telling you about this and I get zero commission right. on these because they, and they sent us an email saying so. Tell all of your viewers about this, but y'all ain't going to get anything from it because we are at rock bottom price. But they're selling them at cost. Six, their six piece towel sets are $29.99. Okay. That's, so that's the lowest ever. I just used my MyPillow towel this morning when I got out of the shower. It's a phenomenal towel set, $29.99. You can't get that kind of price. It's, these are top quality towels. Yeah. They're not the kind that the, the, they start pulling apart. The cheapo towels, they are incredible. And we're going to have Vicky Natale back on uh, Organic Body Essentials. If on you, the 30th. On yeah. the 30th. So uh, be looking for that because your skin, we got to get the toxins out. And you got to feed your skin. You, feed, feed, you need feed to feed. Do you understand that your skin is the largest organ on your entire body? Yeah. And we are not feeding our skin. Okay, you can drink all the water that you want, which do that. It's really, really good. But sometimes you actually need to nourish your body with 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 nourishments. And your skin is one of those things that gets overlooked all of the time. She literally makes food for your face. 
Okay. So organic body essentials, you can use promo code RC there as well. All right. We love you guys. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's actually the truth, we do have a PO box and we will do a mail call 107 Milford, Ohio 45150. If you send us your letters, we will read them on air. I think that that's all that I have, but if guys, you want us to. We did a whole host of shows last week. Our friend, my friend Catherine said, no wonder you guys are exhausted on Wednesdays because I spent all day at work listening to your shows catching up. Yeah. Like we've done so much. Just go to rumble, go to resistancechicks.com, find all of the content and, um, Miss resistance chicks marathon. The Lee Merritt interview is going to blow your mind. Uh, that it's already had a ton of views. Everyone loves it. And then our revelation red pill Wednesday with Matt and joy Thero of Spiro pictures is the feedback that we have had from that is incredible. You're going to love it. So, so much to tune into. We love you guys. We'll catch you next time. God bless. Oh, and happy mother's day in the UK. Happy mother's day, UK. So